Hello, this is Josh Christman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. Romans chapter 8, and uh, we'll start reading at verse 31. It's good to have uh, Anthony's family with us this morning, Amanda and Noah and Serenity. Why don't we welcome them? Give them a hand. Welcome today. Amen. Is anybody going to help me preach this morning? Romans 31, 8 and 31. It is our custom to stand for the reading of God's word. You don't, uh, you don't have to if, if you don't feel to stand. I feel a word from the Lord. Can, can I just preach the way that I normally preach? Romans 8, 31, what shall we then say to these things? Or what answer shall we give to these things? Here's the answer. I'm not even going to get specific about these things because it doesn't matter. The answer is still the same. Amen. Regardless of Whatever it is, the answer is the same. And it's this. If God be for us, who can be against us? If God is for you, what in the world can stand in your way? I could just stop there and preach, but I'm not going to. He hath spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. Not just for a couple of us, for all of us. Elbow your neighbor and tell him that's you too. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? What he's saying is, is if he spared not his own son, why would he withhold anything else? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? Is it Christ? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Basically, he's telling us that Jesus, God is not condemning us. You're not condemned by God. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Some people take that attitude. I'm a victim for Christ. For his sake, we, we, are, uh, 
We are killed all the day long. We are led as sheep to the slaughter. I'm just, I guess I'm just meant to be a martyr or a victim. Let me tell somebody this morning, you're not a victim. You might have been a victim before you stepped through the doors of this building today. But when you walk out of here, you're going to understand, I'm not a victim. Amen. He says, nay. For his sake, we're killed all the day long. We are led as sheep to the slaughter. And then he answers it and he says, nay. What's that mean? No. No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded. Is there anybody that's persuaded this morning? Amen. That neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Man, that's worthy of a hand clap of praise. I'm going to preach to you on this subject this morning. The greatest power of God. The greatest power of God. I wonder if we can lay our Bibles down and we can lift our hands unto the Lord this morning. Right where you're at, open your heart. The Bible says to lift your heart with your hands. Amen. Lift your heart to him this morning and ask him to speak to you. Come on, right where you're at, you can whisper. In the name of Jesus, I need you to speak to me, Lord. Speak to my family, God. Minister to every need in this house. I pray, Lord. I pray that you would anoint every eye to be a seeing eye, every ear a hearing ear, every heart understanding of and receptive to your word. I pray, God, that as your word goes forth, that you would anoint me to preach your word, God. I pray that it would not return void, but it would accomplish that in which it sent it to. And I declare it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Clap your hands one more time. Praise the Lord. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Praise God. Are you ready? Amen. Amen. The greatest power of God. We, we serve a God that, that, excuse me, is a great God. A powerful God. Amen. Powerful in every quality. Amen. Uh, what does it mean for something to be great? Amen. If you think about it, what does it mean? If you say something is great, uh, what are you saying about that thing? You're saying that it is bigger. Amen. You're saying that it is exceeding, exceedingly. It is uh, transcendent. Amen. It is far, uh, we say head and shoulders above. Amen. It is far above. Uh, something being great means that it is more than. 
Amen. Or far more than. Amen. Uh, it is a, a, a quality of superiority, which means it is far above that which you're used to or that which is normal or that which uh, is ordinary. Amen. How many know that we don't serve a God that's ordinary? We don't serve a God that's just normal or that's just natural, but we serve a God that is exceedingly, come on, he is abundantly above all that we could ask or think. How many know that God is greater? Somebody say he's greater. Job 26, the Bible tells us of some of the greatness of God. The Bible says that God stretches the northern sky over empty space. He hangs the earth on nothing. He wraps uh, the rain in the thick clouds, and the clouds don't burst with its weight. He covers the face of the moon, shrouding it with his clouds. He created the horizon when he separated the waters. He set boundary between day and night. The foundations of heaven tremble. They shudder at his rebuke. By his power, the same grew calm. By his skill, he crushed the great sea monster. His spirit made the heavens beautiful. Just uh, And his power pierced the gliding serpent. These are just the beginning of all that he does. Merely a whisper of his power. Come on. There, who, can, who then, he says, who then can comprehend the thunder of his power? We have to understand today that God God is far beyond our comprehension. He is far beyond our ability to understand. Amen. He is far beyond our ability to get to him. But we understand that the Bible says that by him everything was created and without him not anything was made that was made. That God created the heavens and the earth. Does everybody believe that? Jeremiah 10 and 12 says it this way. He hath made the earth by his power. He made the earth by his power. He hath established the world by his wisdom. And that stretched out the heavens by his discretion. When he uttered his voice, there is a multitude of waters in the heavens and he causeth the vapors to ascend from the ends of the earth. He maketh lightnings with the rain and bringeth forth the wind out of his treasure. Amen. In the creation of the earth, we understand just a little bit of the greatness of God. Somebody say amen. For the Romans says, Romans 1 and 20, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understand, understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse and are unmistakable. Let me just slow down here for a minute and say, if you look around you this morning, and the greatness of the creation that we live in. Come on. And it's complexity. We understand just a little bit of the greatness of God. Amen. If you look at how the earth, he said, was hanging on nothing, Job said. 
Amen. He put it in the place of where it should be, and it hangs on nothing. Amen. I don't think that it hangs on nothing. I think it hangs on the very word of God. Amen. Because in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of the Lord began to move on those waters. And God began to utter His voice. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And He divided the, the, the light from the darkness. And He called the, dark, the light day and the darkness night. Understand today that when God began to utter his voice, that things began to happen. When God began to speak, that which he spoke came into being exactly the way it was in his mind. How many know that when he spoke the word, the word of God became, amen. If you read further, he said he told the, the earth to begin to bring forth and the earth began to bring forth and he said to the waters begin to bring forth and the oceans begin to bring forth and produce according to what was in the mind of God understand today that God created all that we can see with our eyes he put it in place and it will continue to operate exactly the way that he ordered it until he says time is finished clap your hands and love him today he's worthy Amen. It, uh, all the things that he created tell us something about God. How many know that you can tell a lot about, about a person by the things they do? <laughs> Amen. How many know you judge a tree by its fruit? I'll just stop there. Amen. You can tell a lot about God. By the things that he does or the things that he has done. By the things that Paul said, they are clearly seen. His eternal power and his Godhead, his, his authority uh, in the earth and all that he has created by the things that he has done. Amen. How many know that when he created the heavens and the earth, the sun is the light? Amen. And how many know that through its rotation or through its operation that we have only have a certain amount of daylight in a day and then we have a certain amount of nighttime during a 24-hour period. Amen. But through the process of time, as the sun goes down in the evening, we are assured that it's going to rise in the morning. I can guarantee you that if you have life and breath in your lungs, when you wake up in the morning, the sun is going to be up. Well, unless you wake up before that. But at some point in your day, the sun's coming up. Somebody say it's coming up. It is an emblem. It is a, it is a representation of the faithfulness of God. 
Amen. That no matter what happens in your day, the, the, the sun is going to set. There's going to be a, a period of darkness. But in the morning, there's going to be a bright light that shines. That darkness is not going to last forever. That one of these days, that, that it's at a certain time appointed, the sun is going to rise again. There may be some of you today that are going through a dark period in your life, wondering if you're ever going to get through what you're going through. But I want to tell you today, by looking at the creation of our creator, I can tell you that there's going to be a better day. There's going to be a dawn. The light will shine in your life again. Amen. That's why he said that his mercies are renewed every morning. Great is his faithfulness. Amen. His compassions fail not with the rising of the sun and the going down of the same. The name of the Lord will be praised. Understand today that when the sun sets and it rises again in the morning, that they are worshiping the God, the creator, the one who spoke it into existence. They are are doing uh, what they are purposed to do. Uh, that is the power of our God. Mm, clap your hands and love him. Amen. Look at the creation around you and you'll see. Amen. How the, the trees, they have the fruit on the tree and the seeds in the fruit. Amen. And when the fruit falls and we don't pick it up and eat it, it deteriorates and it goes back to the ground and it has the ability to reproduce itself because God's word, once it's spoken, it never stops. It continues to grow and to increase. It never fails. Come on, it never quits, it never stops, because once it's been spoken, nothing can stop the operation of God. That fruit deteriorates, the seed goes in the ground, and it falls into the ground and dies, and it begins to produce that which is in the seed, and it's a tree exactly like the one that it came from, because God is faithful, and his word will endure forever, amen. It's a representation, though Things fail in our lives. God will never fail. Clap your hands and love him. He's worthy. Amen. Everything after its kind. All the herb trees. Even those things that we don't want to grow. Have a seed within itself to reproduce. Amen. When God creates it, He created it to last, which speaks of His eternal power. That in a moment, He could speak a word, and thousands of years later, we're living under the covering still of those words that he spoke in creation. Amen. I don't know how many years. I don't know. Uh, they try to say how old the earth is. I don't know. That's beyond my pay grade. I asked the Lord, how old is the earth? Well, he didn't tell me. 
Amen. Some people try to figure out things that maybe we're not supposed to figure out. But understand that when God spoke it into existence, he said, by him all things consist. What's that mean? That means that it will continue in operation. It will continue to be what he said it will be until he says it's done. Amen. How many know that we can put our faith and our trust in the operation of God? We can put our faith and trust in the power of God because it's clearly seen through his creation. If you read the book of Ecclesiastes, he talks about there's an every, there's a reason for every season under heaven. Amen. I don't have the scripture written down, but, 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 but there's a reason for every season. There's a reason for summer. There's a reason for fall. There's a reason for Winter, go away, right? We want the sun to shine. We want it to be warm and pleasant and delightful. Amen. We want to be able to play golf and bass fish and play basketball on outside courts. Amen. Under the, the, the warmth of the sun, we want to be able to enjoy those times. But understand, just like there's a time and a reason for the good times in life, there's also a time and a reason for the negative things in life or those times in our lives where things seem to be barren and things seem to be not growing. Uh, understand that in the winter time, how many know that in the winter time all the trees drop their fruit? They drop their leaves. They become bare. Becca was telling me the other day, she said, trees are so ugly without their leaves. You know, there's times where we're ugly. Come on, there's times where Things aren't going the way that we thought they should go and things begin to fall off of us as the season of our life that we didn't necessarily want or ask for. But I tell you this morning under the direction of the Holy Ghost, it's necessary. There's a reason for it because it's in those times uh, when they drop their fruit that they don't, they don't, they don't concentrate on the fruit. The, the trees don't concentrate on putting all of their nutrients into the leaves and into the fruit, but they put all of their concentration and nutrients into their roots, into growing deeper. Come on, into reaching deeper, into becoming stronger. Come on, somebody. When you go through a hard time, it's not because God's mad at you or because that, 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 that you've done something wrong. It's because it's a time in your life when you need to dig for more than what you have. There's a time in life when you begin to reach deeper into what God is and who he is in your life. Amen. It's endless. I could stand up here and preach about the creation of God for weeks and what it tells us about God. But what I want, want to get you to understand that his power of creation is not his greatest power. The power of, of, of his creation is not all of who he is. Amen. And we look at all the earth and the greatness of it, and it tells of his power. But 
it's not the total package. Amen. It doesn't tell you everything that you need to know about God. Amen. It doesn't tell you all that he is and all that he has planned for your life. Amen. I want to tell you today that we can lean on the power of God and his creation. We can lean on his faithfulness. We can lean on the, the, the fact that the sun's going to rise in the morning and it's going to set in the evening. We're going to have times of snow, times of rain, and times of sunshine. But the greatest power of God is his love. love. It's greater than anything else. His love surpasses all things. <laughs> it surpasses all things. It is greater than anything. It can overcome anything. It is more powerful than any force in the universe. Come on, it's more powerful than any force operating in your life right now. It's more powerful than any sickness, any disease, any divorce, any broken family, any sinful nature, any sin that you've committed. God's love is greater than anything you could have ever done or thought or become. His love is beyond. His love is greater. Somebody say it's greater. Clap your hands to the Lord. He's worthy. In the creation of the world, the Bible says that he planted a garden in Eden. And he put Adam and Eve in the garden. How many of you have never heard this story? All right, I can spare some details then. He put them in the garden to dress it and to keep it. Amen. And he gave them a commandment when he put them in the garden. He said, you can eat of every tree in the garden except for the tree in the midst of the garden, which is in the middle of the garden. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you can't eat of it. Okay? Everything else is lawful. All the other trees in the garden, you can have whatever you want off of it, as much as you want. But of that tree, stay away from it, don't touch it, and don't eat of it. I mean, that was the command. Amen. Adam and Eve lived in the garden. They had everything that was available to them. They, every, they, they lived in the comfort of the Garden of Eden. They had everything available, and they also had something that uh, some of us would call blessing and some would call a curse. He gave them the freedom to choose. He gave them the ability to make their own decision. All-powerful God Come on. All of the animals do as he has made them to do. All of creation do as he made them to do. Come on. But man, he loved them so much. And he, he desired their love so much that he gave them the ability to choose. Because God didn't want a bunch of uh, robots running around being forced to serve him and forced to love him and forced to walk after his commandments and forced to spend time with him. What kind of a God would he be? Uh, how loved would a God be if we were forced to be here today? 
it wouldn't be freedom, it would be prison. Man, you're forced to be. How many of you were forced to be here today? If you're under 18, you can't raise your hand. If you can't vote, you don't have the freedom to choose yet. How many know that Eve began to spend some time around the tree? She began to get near the tree. She was curious, maybe. Maybe she wanted to see what it was all about, see what was so terrible about this tree, uh, what, was, what, was, what was bad about it, you know. And she began to look around, and, and, and the tree wasn't, wasn't ugly at all. It was, it was pleasing to the eyes, and, and it was, uh, looked like there's real good fruit on it. Looked like it would taste pretty good, you know. It was. It, it looked like it would be something that she might want to be a part of. But then the commandment of the Lord would come back, and she would leave. Right? Amen. And she'd come back and hang out by the tree, and all of a sudden, you start hanging out by things that you're not supposed to be doing, and all of a sudden, there will be a witness of that tree that'll show up to try to convince you that it's okay to do what you're thinking about doing. Because it first happens here. Before it happens here, the serpent began to beguile Eve. He said, hasn't God said that you can eat of every tree in the garden? Well, you know, every tree but this one. Well, uh, that's because God's scared. He knows that uh, if you take of this tree, that you're going to be like him knowing both good and evil, that you're going to become a God. You know, that's what the world will try to teach you today. Amen. There are religions out there. They are not worshiping God, our Savior. They're worshiping the opposite side. And they'll tell you that you need to experience the depths of sin so that you can learn what it has to give you and you can tap into that, that third eye and you can see what you need to see. That is from the pits of hell. Amen. Don't believe that nonsense. That's from hell. God said stay away from it because it'll kill you. Amen. The thief comes not before to steal, to kill, and to destroy. When he's lying to you and trying to trick you, he's not trying to help you. He's trying to destroy your life. Don't you go for that nonsense. The devil is a lie. Amen. How many know that Eve, she was beguiled? He was more subtle than any beast of the field. He tricked her and conned her into believing that the desire she had for that tree was okay. She took of the fruit and she ate of it. Amen. How many know that when she ate of that tree, she was probably like... <laughs> Waiting for an immediate judgment or wrath, but that's not the way it works. Amen. You partake of it. It doesn't really happen immediately. Amen. It doesn't really happen right now, but you're sowing seeds. 
Come on. That will eventually become something that will destroy you. You're sowing in sin. He said, if you flow to, sow to your flesh, you will of your flesh reap corruption or destruction. Amen. It was good. It tasted good. It was pleasant to the eyes and one to make one, uh, fruit to make one wise. And so she took it to her husband. And she said, hey, Adam, take a bite of that. It's not, it didn't do to me what God said it was going to do. Eat it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Eat it. It's, he didn't wait to ask. He didn't investigate. How many know misery loves company? That's why your little friends are trying to get you to do things with them because so they don't feel so bad about it. Because if you can get somebody to do it with you, then it's not wrong. Come on, if I can get somebody to enjoy this with me, even though God says it's wrong, if I can get somebody to do it with me, then I don't, I don't feel so bad about myself. Amen. Right. Amen. Adam takes to the fruit too, convinced by his wife. Amen. Later in the day, they hear the voice of God walking in the cool of the day. <laughs> Adam! Adam! I'm sorry. I'm sorry, bro. I can't help it. I can't preach any other way. Some people are smart, I yell. Take the microphone down so it's not quite as. Where yet? But the, the the sin in Adam caused him to do something. It was a separation between him and God, and it caused him to hide from the Lord. Amen. Because he knew what he did was was opposite of what the Lord told him to do. He had transgressed against the law of God. And therefore, he was scared of how God might respond to his sin. Amen. And God wasn't calling for Adam because he didn't know where he was at. Some people say, well, if God's God and all-powerful, why was he asking Adam where he's at? Because he wants Adam to think about where he's at. Amen. Whenever God asks a question, it's not because he wants us to give him an answer. It's because he wants us to ponder the question and find the answer for ourselves. Adam, where art thou? Come on. We have an appointment. We have a, an appointment that we have every day that we walk in the cool of the day and we commune together. Adam, where are you at? Amen. All of a sudden. I believe he's calling to somebody today. Amen. He's calling out to you, saying, where are you at? Come on. I'm calling for you. If God was mad at you or if God uh, didn't love you, why would he call out to you? You know, our, our sin does not change his ability to love us. It changes our ability to love ourselves. Adam didn't come out because he was ashamed of what he had done. Amen. He was hiding from God. 
There are multitudes of people that are hiding from the Lord. Amen. They want what he has to offer. They they, they want forgiveness. They want salvation. They want to be healed and changed. But they think God's mad at them. Amen. People will stand up and preach. Judgment's going to come upon you. Judgment's headed your way. Judgment, judgment, judgment. But you've got to understand that his mercy transcends his judgment. I believe in the judgment of God. I believe that one of these days uh, it's going to be poured out uh, upon his enemies uh, and all that are against him. But we're living in a day and time today uh, where his mercy is available and you don't have to hide. You don't have to be ashamed. Not one more day. Come out and see what God has for you. Clap your hands and love him. He's worthy. Amen. I don't care if you were high last night. God loves you. Amen. I don't care if you committed sin before you walked into this building. God loves you. Amen. God can destroy that sin in your life. God can break down every barrier. He can bring deliverance to your world. He can help you overcome the shame and the doubt and the unbelief. He can bring healing to your family. He can bring deliverance to your mind and to your children. You just got to come to him. You just got to open your heart to him. It's available this morning. Amen. Romans 5 and 12 says it this way, Wherefore, by as one man sin, sin entered into the world, and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. When Adam sinned in the Garden of Eden, the Bible says that sin entered into the world. And along with it came death. Because the soul that sinneth, it shall die. Amen. How many know they're, 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 they're friends, sin and death? They go hand in hand. The wages of sin is death. Amen. When you sow sin, you're going to reap death. When you plant sin and things are contrary to God's word, it's going to produce a harvest of death. Somebody say amen. He said when lust is conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And when sin is finished, it brings forth death. Somebody say Amen. And so since Adam sinned, by one man sin entered in, and death by sin. Death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. Okay, first of all, you've got to realize that uh, we transgress the laws of God. Amen. If I'm living contrary to God's word or what I know is right, it's sin. To him that knows to do good and does it not, to him it's sin. Amen. Everybody has a sin problem. It's not just a couple of us. Amen. Just because I'm standing up here preaching doesn't mean that I haven't had to overcome some things in my life. Or I haven't had to go to the throne or to the cross in the blood of Jesus Christ and be cleansed from all sin. Amen. We're not, I'm not standing up here today because I'm perfect or because I got everything figured out. I'm standing up here because I am a demonstration or a witness of the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. And he can cleanse, if he can cleanse me and save me, he can cleanse you and save you. All have sinned. It was, it was born into man. After that, after that Adam sinned, every child that was born from that point was born under sin. Amen. When, let's test it. Do you have to teach your two-year-old child how to lie? 
Now you teach them how, you, you want to teach them to tell the truth. You try to teach them to tell the truth. But you don't have to teach them to lie. They do that on their own. Did you break that? No. I could tell some stories. You know, sometimes it's not very good being the preacher's kids. Who ate the candy? There's, there's candy wrappers all over the counter. The, the jar's open, or the bag's open. Uh, all the evidence is there, but nobody in the house ate it. Amen. You don't have to teach them to lie. You don't have to teach them to tell you no either, do you? Go to bed. No. Excuse me. I act like I'm tough and that I'm a hard dad, but I'm really not. You don't have to teach them to be selfish either. The first words they learn is, well, dad. Whenever I had the kids carrying them around, I'd be in their ear. I'd be like, dad, 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 dad. dad. Corrupting them. It's no and mine, right? It's easy to understand. That's mine. That's mine. You know that selfishness is the root of all sin? When you want what you want, regardless of the cost, regardless of what anybody else says, regardless of what the law says, the the actual laws of our land, regardless of what the Bible says, regardless of what your mom and dad say, uh, whenever you have an inkling to do it yourself, the way you want to do it, how you want to do it, nobody's going to tell me what to do. You're on a bad road. Amen. How many know in a multitude of counsel, there's safety? Amen. And those that don't have counsel, people without counsel fall. Amen. That's the word of the Lord. We have to understand that it's ingrained in every one of us. It's part of us. It is, it is who we are within ourselves. At some point in your life, you're going to have a sin problem. You're going to have a problem overcoming something that you can't get past. You're going to tell a lie. You're going to steal something. How many's ever stole something? Oh, we got some honesty in that. I remember one time I was about three years old. I'll just tell on myself. Might have been four. And we went down to the old general store in Otsego. And my mom and dad know everybody in the, you know, in the store, all the truck drivers, everybody. You know, they they know everybody. I'm there with my dad. He's like, grab yourself a candy bar. Put it up there on the counter. I'm like, all right. I got down there. I couldn't decide. Between the Reese's and the Kit Kat, right? Reese's is better. Sometimes, sometimes you just. Same for Kit Kat. Break me off a piece of that Kit Kat bar. Amen. And so I'm down there and I. 
I grab the, the Reese's with my left hand and I grab the Kit Kat with my right hand. And I stick the, the Kit Kat under my arm. And now four-year-olds aren't very smart, at least this one wasn't. I put the candy bar I was going to put on the counter in the same arm I had under my arm and when I put it up there the other one fell out <laughs> Matt used to tell me that I wasn't smart enough to be a bad kid because I always got caught some kids could cover their tracks but I never could I was like oh no he's like what is that? I don't know. <laughs> I must be sweating Kit Kats. <laughs> he says, put them both back. We're going home. Amen. And uh, I don't know what the punishment is for stealing but I think I'd rather been put in jail <laughs> than get what, get what dad had for me when I got home. Amen. Uh, how many know that's a tough ride to the house or walk to the house knowing that you got that coming. Amen. Understand, we've all done things. We, uh, we've all committed offenses that are contrary to God's word. We've all uh, committed sin. We've all stolen. We've all told a lie. Uh, we, we've all done that had thoughts of lust and, and sin and done things that are abominable and we're ashamed of it. Amen. We're ashamed of our sin and, and the sin separates us from God because it's not the plan of God for our life but we've decided to choose those things for our life and it brings us shame to know that I'm doing things I shouldn't do and I'm living in darkness when I know that God has a greater plan for my life and I can hear the love of God calling to us today and telling us you don't have to live under your condemnation and judgment anymore. You step out of the darkness and come unto the Lord. And if you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Amen. Amen. Clap your hands and love him today. Ah. But he says it this way, but not as the offense, so also is the, tr the free gift. For if through the offense of one, many be dead, much more. Somebody say much more. Much more. What's that mean? That means greater, right? Amen. Much more the grace of God and gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ. What a powerful scripture. Amen. What sin set me up to fail. What Jesus did on the cross trumped it all. That, that, that those, those, those sins that have been committed in my past have no power over the blood of Jesus Christ. In fact, everything that I've ever done is forgiven through the blood of Jesus Christ. For if by one man's offense, death reigned by one, much more, he says, much more, much more, they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign by the life of Jesus Christ. 
Praise God. Stand with me all around the building. You can come to the music. Romans 5. I want you to put it up on the board. Romans 5, start reading at verse 6. For when we, somebody say we. How many know we're in this together? When we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Verse 7. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure, or possibly for a good man, some would even dare to die. Okay, he's saying that there are people that would give their lives for good people. They would give their lives for people that maybe deserved it. Verse 8. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Your sin is not greater than his love. There's no power on this earth greater than God's love. You can tell a lot about a person by the things that they do. We started out the message like that. We can tell his power by the greatness of his creation. Come on, his faithfulness by his creation. Amen. All the, a lot of the characteristics of who he is through his creation. But God commended his love toward us. He showed us how much he loved us. When he knew who we were, knew what we were going to do, knew what kind of a basket case I would be. Come on. The abominable things that I would think, all the terrible things that I would put my hands to do, and he died for me anyways. You know, I feel the love of God in this place. But love is not necessarily a feeling. It's a person. For God is love. Now abideth faith, hope, and love. These three. The, but the greatest, somebody say the greatest. The greatest of these is love. And what faith can't do, love can. And what hope can't do, love can. 
Amen. Love is not a feeling. It's an act of one's will. He didn't just tell us he loved us. He didn't just reach out to give us a little bit of affection or a good word or a kind word. He knew that there was judgment headed your way. And he pushed you out of the way. And he said, guess what? I'll take your punishment. I'll take the punishment for the sin that you committed. For the Kit Kat that you stole. Come on. For the, for the lust that you conceived. Come on. For the things that you did wrong. The lies that you told. The, 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 the. The transgressions that you made yourself, that you made a choice to make, I'm going to push you out of the way, and I'm not going to make you pay for them. I'm going to pay for it for you. <laughs> Do we deserve that? No. And so in Romans 8, when Paul said, I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angel, angels or principalities or powers, nor things present, nor things to come in my future, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. I don't care where you're at today, what you've done, where you've been. You could be living in the depths of despair. But that depth does not have the power over Jesus' ability to get to you. Amen. I don't care what you're facing today or what you're going through or what you've done in your past. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing transcends the love of God. Nothing transcends the Son of God being nailed to the cross, shedding His precious blood for our sin, spending three days and three nights in, 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 in the grave, and raising from the dead on the third day to give us life for eternity. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. I want to tell you today, just like he did in Adam in the garden, he's calling to you. He's calling your name. He's whispering your name. Where are you at? The Bible says that no man comes to the Father except the Spirit draws him. When I was praying early this morning in this prayer room, right under, almost under where this platform's at, my prayer was, Lord, afternoon. Lord, draw every person to this place today that you have purposed to be a part of your kingdom. Draw every person, Lord, God, to this house today that you want to save. Call every person to this house today, Lord. Draw them, God, that you want to speak a word into their life, Lord. 
They need you. Draw them, Lord. It's your power. It's your authority, God. You're the one who paid the price. You're the one who shed your blood. You're the one who pushed us out of the way, God. I pray if they're even laying on their bed still. Uh, this is the prayer I prayed. If they're still laying on their bed, God, I pray you would wake them up, Lord, and draw them to the house of God so that you can tell them how much you love them, so you can tell them that they don't have to die in their sin, so you can tell them that what they've done can't separate them from your love in the name of Jesus. This altar's open today. This altar's open as we begin to sing. Why don't everybody close your eyes and lift your hands. If, Lord, if the Lord is pulling on your spirit this morning, I want you to step out of your seat. I want you to make your way down to this altar and you can kneel before him or you can stand before him. But just lift your face into heaven and begin to pray and ask him to forgive you. Come on, begin to pray to him and say, Lord, I, I can hear you calling me. It feels like a pull. It feels like a draw. You'll feel sorrow in your heart like you don't want to be separated anymore from the Lord. That's the pull of God. That's the pull of the Spirit of the Lord. He's calling you today. He's calling you today. Come on. Come on, why don't we step out of our seats this morning. Come on, saints. Why don't we create an atmosphere of prayer in this house today. Amen. There's nothing greater than the love of God. There's nothing greater than the price that he's paid. There's nothing greater. In the name of Jesus. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons. If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again, Thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon.